Lecture topic: The Brotherhood of Islam. Most respected on my kram, brothers and elders. Allah Taala has made these Mubarak days, the days of Hajj, the Hajjaj, already gathering in Makkah Mukarramah. Many would have already reached, many would be leaving. A mu'min, his heart is attached to all the ibadat and the aspects that take one closer to Allah Ta'ala. His heart is attached to Salah, his heart is attached to fasting in the month of Ramadan. Obviously, apart from being attached to it, these are acts that he would be very much part of it. Fasting once a year in the month of Ramadan, he obviously will fast unless Shariat has given him some leeway because of his specific condition. Otherwise, by and large, everybody is obligated to fulfill the fast and they keep the fast, alhamdulillah. And more than that, salah five times a day. So, means heart is attached, his day as well. Not that his heart is attached and he's somewhere else, because his heart is attached to Salah. So his heart is attached to Salah, he will be in time for Salah. Let alone his heart being attached to Salah. Because Salah takes place in the Masjid, his heart is attached to the Masjid also. Because the Masjid is where he comes for his Salah. In the Hadith Sharif, that is discussed often, when Nabi Kareem mentioned that there are seven categories of people who Allah Ta'ala will grant them the shade of his arsh on the day of Qiyamah on that day when there will be no other shade except the shade of the arsh of Allah Ta'ala and anybody who is deprived of that then Allah forbid some will be in their up to their ankles in perspiration some up to their knees some up to their waist some that perspiration will be up to their mouths but there will be these fortunate people who will be in the shade of the arsh of Allah Ta'ala among those people رَجُلٌ قَلْبُهُ مُعَلَّقٌ بِالْمَسْجِدِ that person whose heart is attached to the masjid why is his heart attached to the masjid? because the masjid is a place of salah and that's where he'll come for his salah so his heart is primarily attached to salah but the masjid, the house of Allah Ta'ala, his heart is attached to the house of Allah as well. So mu'min's heart is attached to salah, attached to fasting. It's attached to every ibadat. And especially any ibadat like hajj. So whether a person in his mind cannot even imagine that he will ever have the opportunity of performing hajj. Whereas that should never be the way that a person looks at things he should be positive because the giver is Allah Ta'ala alone and nobody's wealth, nobody's ability, nobody's anything takes them for Hajj, takes them to Baytullah it is purely Allah Ta'ala's gift and Allah Ta'ala's will that takes them there nobody else, nothing else so when Allah Ta'ala wills what seems impossible will become possible. Allah wills 
what a person thought can never ever happen will happen. Because only that can never happen which Allah has willed for it to not happen. So in any case, the mu'min will always have his heart attached to all these ibadats. And among the very great ibadat, extremely great ibadat, one of the pillars of Islam is Hajj. So why won't his heart be attached to it? So now there will be those who will be God for Hajj, but a mu'min, his heart is attached to one way of attachment will be that he'll make dua for the hujjaj. Daily he'll make dua. The days of Hajj, the hujjaj have already started gathering, he'll make dua for them. Even if it is just briefly, one, two minutes, but daily he will make dua that Allah Ta'ala make the Hajj easy, accept it, make it a means of khair for the entire ummah, grant them maqbool and mabroor hajj, bring them back in a condition as mentioned in the hadith sharif, that man hajja wa lam yarfus wa lam yafsuk, raja'aka yawmin waladatku ummu. Person who goes, performs hajj, and doesn't disobey Allah Ta'ala at all, this is a cut of the hadith sharif, then he'll come back in a way that like the day he was born, completely cleaned of any sin. He'll come back in that condition. So make dua to Allah Ta'ala to grant the hujjaj that kind of hajj. That they conduct themselves, they perform the hajj in such a way that they return in this manner. And they return filled with the nur of the Haramain Sharifain. And that nur and barakah that they bring back because the Baytullah is place of barakah. Inna awwala bayti wudi'a linnasi lalladhi bi bakkata mubarakaw wa hudan lil alameen. Allah Ta'ala says the first house that we have established on earth, the house of Allah Ta'ala. Inna awwala bayti wudi'a linnas. For the people to worship Allah Ta'ala is the Ka'batullah, the house of Allah Ta'ala, the Baytullah. And Allah Ta'ala describes this Baytullah as Mubarakaw wa hudan lil alameen. It is Barakah, Mubarak, full of blessings. And it is a center of Hidayat, Wahudan lil alami. So the person who has gone in the correct manner and imbibed the correct benefit from it, then he'll come back with Barakat and Hidayat. He'll come back with Barakat and Hidayat. So now to make dua to Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Ta'ala grant the hujjaj that kind of hajj and enable each one to perform the hajj in such a way that they become filled with barakah and hidayah and they come back with it and every person then around benefits of it. So now by making dua in this manner our hearts are attached with hajj, attached with the hujjaj, attached with hajj and why would we want to attach ourselves to hajj? Because this is a very great ibadat of Allah Ta'ala. Attaching our hearts to Hajj is actually attaching our hearts towards Allah Ta'ala. That is the greatest goal that a person becomes close to Allah Ta'ala, becomes attached to Allah Ta'ala. So we should be making dua daily. If somebody has some very close, or somebody has gone, or is going, with a very close family member, it might be somebody's brother, somebody's father, somebody's son, somebody's very close friend, then he will certainly remember him in his du'as and he'll ask for du'as as well. 
He'll remember him in his du'as, Allah Ta'ala make his haji easy for him, Allah Ta'ala accept it, etc. Whatever the du'as he can make. So just as he makes du'a for his own brother, for his own family member, his very close friend, the hajj, one very great lesson that the hajj gives us. And that's part of this attachment with hajj. Let me take the lessons of hajj. The lesson that hajj gives us is the lesson of the brotherhood of the ummah. Salah, every person will perform in his masjid. In one town, sometimes there will be more than one masjid. Fasting, each person keeps his fast. Nobody even knows the next person is fasting or not. And zakat, each person will give his zakat when he gives it. Allah Ta'ala knows when he gave it and how he gave it. And whether he fulfilled it correctly or not. Nobody else knows. But hajj, everybody has to come to the same place to perform hajj. Everybody has to make tawaf of the same Kaaba Sharif. And to fulfill the hajj in that same period of time. The tawaf is yarad has its specific time. Within those limits and days, he'll have to complete it. Everybody has to be in the same land of Arafat in that particular time, on that particular day on the 9th of Zulhijjah. He comes one day earlier, who goes one day later, that Hajj is not going to be made. So the entire Ummah, the representatives of the entire Ummah, from any part of the world, any country of the world, wherever they may be from, but the entire Ummah and the representatives of the Ummah gather in the same place. And as one brotherhood, fulfill this ibadat of Hajj. This is that relationship, the relationship based on Deen, the brotherhood of Islam, which is beyond every other relationship. Because other relationships will all terminate in dunya. Other relationships will not continue in Akhirat if it is not on the basis of also the basis of Iman. Allah forbid somebody left this dunya without Iman, then on the day of Qiyamah and in the Akhirat, then it doesn't matter who the person might be, he might be somebody's son, he might be somebody's father, it might be somebody's brother, it might be whoever it might be. To the extent that it might be the son of a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, it might be the father of a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, Nuhu Salam's son, but he will be totally aloof from him on the day of Qiyamah. And Ibrahim Salam's father, he will be totally aloof from his father on the day of Qiyamah. And likewise, Nabi Kareem Wasallam, the uncle that was so closely attached to him and who served him but didn't want to accept deen and left this world without iman, they have qiyamat nothing. That relationship is completely gone. But the relationship of deen, that will endure beyond this dunya. Otherwise, on the day of qiyamat, يَوْمَ يَفِرُّ الْمَرْءُ مِنْ أَخِيهِ وَأُمِّهِ وَأَبِيهِ وَصَاحِبَتِهِ وَبَنِيهِ When a father will flee from his own child, mother will flee from a child, children will flee from their parents, brothers and sisters will have nothing to do with each other. لِكُلِّ مِرِئِمْ مِنْهُمْ يَوْمَ إِذِنْ شَأْنُ يُوْنِي Everyone will be bothered about himself, concerned about himself only. But 
those who genuinely lived on the relationship of deen they will be of help to one another on the day of qiyamah otherwise all those friendships also will disappear al akhillau yawma idhin ba'dhum li ba'din aduwun illa al muttaqin allah taala in the quran sharif says al akhillau friends those who are very very close friends he said i will die for you anything can happen i'm there for you and all the kinds of claims that they made but that friendship was not based on iman on taqwa that friendship was not based on deen and that friendship unfortunately was becoming the means of disobedience of allah taala who ever claimed to be our great friend was inviting us towards haram offering us things of sin allah taala says in the quran sharif al akhilla such friends who became the means of guiding one another towards sin towards evil towards vice <coughs> we thought it was a friend but on the day of qiyamah al akhillau yawma idhin ba'dhum li ba'din adu allah taala says they'll be enemies of one another all these friendships will become enmity illa al muttaqin except those who had the friendship based on taqwa they were helping one another towards righteousness guiding one another towards good of dunya and akhirat guiding one another of how to get close to allah taala helping one another to get closer to allah taala that friendship will endure beyond dunya that friendship will continue in akhirat as well so all these other relationships will all disappear the relationship will continue is that based on deen on iman on taqwa so this is the lesson we learn from hajj allah taala granted us such an ibadat that manifest and as they use the word showcases this brotherhood of the ummah but now that brotherhood of the ummah is not something just as an abstract or something that just happened by chance now that the whole representation of the ummah got together in one place in one time that brotherhood of the ummah has to be living in the heart no matter where a person is whether he is in the plains of arafat or whether he is anywhere else in the world that lesson of hajj and that brotherhood must remain in his heart and must be alive in his life whoever he is and nothing else will become a barrier in it how he lives his life how he interacts with others how he treats one how we treat one another all this must display that brotherhood of the ummah this is what hajj is giving us one of the many big lessons the brotherhood of the ummah to have that love in the heart for every mu'min because this is the ummah one ummah and to truly have deep down in the heart that love for every ummah of nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam there might be somebody we have no idea who he is what's his name where he comes from nothing about him but we know this is an ummah of nabi akram sallallahu alaihi wasallam is a person of iman the signs of iman are on him he is in the masjid 
If somebody they just we saw him performing salah, what doubt we have now? What basis we gonna have any doubt? So to have that love for that brother of ours who is an ummati of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam, because he's part of this one body. As in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Kareem sallallahu alaihi describes the ummah as a body, and then further expands that example that the body is such one part of the body aches, the entire body feels the pain. Can't isolate that one part and say, well, okay, if the pain is in the toe, the toe will suffer alone and the rest of the body will have no issue with it. The rest of the body will enjoy itself while the toe is in pain. That one, let alone that toe, that smallest toe and the last bit of that smallest toe, if that is in pain also, the entire body will share in that pain. So likewise, that, that sharing of that pain is due to the attachments. This is part of me. So likewise, the entire ummah, a mu'min is attached. So this attachment, this is something that has to now be manifested. So among the many, many lessons that we have been given in the Quran Sharif, in the Ahadith of Rasulullah one Hadith Sharif highlights that this, this manifestation of the ummah, this brotherhood, this ukhuwa. So in this Hadith Sharif which was recited at the beginning, Nabi Kareem says, La yu'minu ahadukum hatta yuhibba li akhihi ma yuhibbu li nafsi. None of you is a mu'min. Meaning he can have everything else in his life. MashaAllah is performing his salah, he is fasting in the month of Ramadan, he is paying zakat, he has performed hajj and he has performed many hajj also. And he is a very charitable person and he has other many good qualities and is doing many good things. But despite all that, Nabi Karim Salaam says, La Yu'min, he is not a mu'min. It's a very, very strong address. Something that jolts a person. That after all these things being in life, is not a mu'min. What is being said? La yu'minu ahadukum. The Bhattisin explained to us that this does not mean a negation of iman in entirety. That this person doesn't have any iman itself. What this is actually, like a person has few thousand rands, thousand rand only, and now he came to also now he wants to buy something, what you want to buy this property, how much you got? He has got thousand rands. See, you got nothing. He's showing I got, got nothing. You can't buy anything with this thousand, you want to buy this property with thousand rands. Whereas it's thousand rands, he's got money. But that money is not going to get him what he wants now. Likewise, that level of Iman with which a person wants to get Jannah directly, direct entry into Jannah, this is very, very deficient. It's very deficient. It's like how a person got thousand rand, but he's telling him he got nothing. But he's got something. So likewise, he's got Iman. He's got Iman, but that Iman is extremely deficient. So Nabi Karim says, La yu'minu ahadukum. Meaning, together with everything else, he must have this in his life as well. Then his Iman is in place, properly. So he's got his salah, his fasting, his zakat, his hajj, 
his tilawat of the Quran Sharif and all the other various amal of deen and together with all that what does he have in his life? Until he loves for his fellow Muslim what he loves for himself. Until his heart hasn't become such that he loves for others, other Muslims what he loves for himself, his Iman is extremely deficient. Now this Hadith Sharif is what we have to learn to live in our lives. These are not just some concepts, something or some theory, something to read in some kitab and some book and then put it back on the shelf and then carry on with life which unfortunately many a time this is what we do we read many things we hear many things and we do something else but meaning we read the right things we've read something which is the correct thing we've heard something which is the right thing we've heard this is halal but that is haram so don't touch it interest is haram don't go near interest certain kinds of business is haram, don't touch it. Don't conduct that kind of business. Don't sell haram merchandise. Don't cheat and deceive anybody, that's haram. Don't do it. Don't get involved in gambling, because it's a very serious sin. Don't commit zina, don't commit zina of the eyes. Don't lie, don't backbite. All these things we read also, we hear about it. But then after reading it, hearing about it, we take that book and put it back on the shelf and we carry on with life. Any kind of business will go. So, well, everybody is doing business, so I have to do business, however it is, whatever it is. What does it matter? Interest will carry on, haram goods will carry on, carry on, life will carry on, everybody is carrying on. But that carrying on straight to Jahannam, what about that? That's carrying on on the path towards Jahannam. And that Jahannam is not only that Jahannam in the Akhirat, that path leads to the Jahannam in the Akhirat, but already this life in dunya becomes like a Jahannam. A person is buying the haram, and is buying meaning acquiring haram, then that haram goes into the system. That haram that goes into the system, it makes life like haram for him. Meaning any, he's not he's living and not living. He's living and like dead. In the sense that there's no life to live. That life becomes a misery. Now the person is looking for the solution in so many different things. But very often the problem lies in the consumption of haram. Consumption of haram, not only that that actual item was haram, but the income with which it might have been acquired. That item might have been halal. But the income with which it was acquired, that income was not in order. That income was acquired in a haram way. Now the person with haram wealth buys halal food, what's the end result? Person clean clothing but he washes it with urine. How clean is that going to remain? That clothing becomes just as impure as that urine. So now the person got haram wealth and he's buying halal food. What halal he ate? Like there are clean clothing, he washed it with urine, or the dirty clothing too, I trying to make it pass with urine. How is that ever going to become pure? So that he is making sure he doesn't eat the item that is haram, the item is making sure it's halal, but buying it with haram income, what, what difference is going to make? But when that haram goes in the system, 
that everything goes in that negative direction everything starts spiraling in the haram direction his thoughts are only haram his actions are haram and then because of the kind of haram actions his life becomes a misery he's got problems with his wife now because of the haram he's doing he's got problems with his parents he's got problems with his society he's got problems with anyone and everyone because of the kind of actions he's committing and how he's conducting himself and who he's cheating and what he's doing that haram consumption ruins a person's life it will ruin everything in life it will take his whole heart and mind away from deen it will distract everything away so that what he's consuming that item must be totally halal and that wealth with which he's acquiring the halal item that must be halal as well otherwise he's buying fire fire of dunya and Allah forbid fire of akhirat as well so in any case we are talking about this hadith sharif when the Kareem Salaam teaches us this lesson of this brotherhood that لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه the person doesn't have iman in a proper level of iman until he loves for his fellow Muslim what he loves for himself now just to quickly just explain what this means time is limited one explanation of this is that until he loves the same treatment for others what he loves for himself how does he love to be treated now if somebody comes he goes to meet somebody for example so now he wishes that that person meets him and greets him well receives him well welcomes him and treats him in a dignified way so till he doesn't wish and love the same for others and gives them the same treatment there's a very great deficiency in his what he wants for himself he doesn't want for others he loves for himself that he should not be dishonored should not be disgraced should not be humiliated should not be sworn at should not be his rights should not be trampled he should not be treated badly he likes all this for himself so when he loves this for himself what about others and let alone sometimes some stranger somebody we have no idea who the person is but nevertheless we have to love the same for him also sometimes unfortunately those who are closest to us too we can't apply this for them the husband loves a certain treatment for himself but he can't give the same treatment to his wife the wife loves a certain treatment now the husband must treat her but she is not prepared to give the same treatment back we want our parents to treat us in a certain way but we are not prepared to treat them in the same way they must give us all the consideration they must accommodate us in everything but we are not prepared to accommodate them in anything we are not prepared to give them the consideration that we want so it's a one sided one way traffic that we want whereas we are being taught what we want for ourselves we must love the same for others until that does not become the part of a mu'min's life part of his heart his iman is very very deficient the person wants that he must be treated in a kind way in a considerate way by whoever is around him <coughs> he must love the same for others and if they are not doing the same with us but we have learned the lesson this is not dependent on what others do then we will do it this is for our iman that person's issue that's his iman 
if he is lacking in it, his iman is extremely deficient. That doesn't give us any leeway to also be deficient. We have to make our iman complete. So if somebody is not doing it, that doesn't become a reason for us not to do it. Somebody is treating us indifferently, that doesn't mean we do the same. Our iman dictates to us that لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى يحب لأخيه ما يحب لنفسه. We love for others, but we love for ourselves. The kind of treatment we love for ourselves, that's the kind of treatment we give to others. Then the second aspect, that the kind, whatever if somebody for example has asked for some advice, he has come to take some advice regarding whatever, now he's going to be buying one car, he knows now this person knows a little bit about cars, so now he's coming to ask, what do you think about this? Now what truly and genuinely comes in the heart, that this is either something suitable for the price, Oh, it's not suitable. <coughs> that which comes to the heart, that is an amanat. That is an amanat. Al-mustasharu mu'tamanun. The person from whom some advice has been sought. That person, that which has come into his heart as the correct advice, that is an amanat now. Like somebody has kept an amanat by us, or oh, we've kept an amanat by somebody that please look after this, I'm going somewhere I'll come back after one week and collect it from you my money is here, there's 10,000 rands here after the person comes back he says please I come to collect my amanat no, I'm not giving it to you I'm going to give you only half this is a, such a how khianat this person is making so likewise what was the best thought that came in the heart that what is the right thing to do that has become an amanat. That amanat must be discharged. Now to take that and put it aside and say something else, that's khianat. Now we've understood this is the right thing to do here, that this is very really well worth it. So now we tell the person, no, no, you see this here, you're really going to get caught in this. you rather leave it. So that person now took that advice and left it. And then after a day or two, he sees this person driving it around. He says, no, you, you left it, so I caught it. Meanwhile, he caught him, deceived him. Now, that which came in the heart is an amanat. If for some reason he can't say it, like unfortunately happens sometimes, that now a person has asked for a reference about someone. Now he's concerned because people don't treat the other side of the amanat correctly. Only somebody is being asked for advice, he must say what's the right thing. The other person who's received the advice, he must treat that as an amanat too. He doesn't go around spreading that, that so and so told me this. Now sometimes a person wants a reference about somebody. So now he, whatever was really known to him, he expressed that. So now that turned out to be negative. So the person now who took that advice, he acts on the advice, but then tells the whole world, this is a person told me that's why I'm doing it. So now this person now got himself unfortunately in the problem with somebody else because that person starts fighting with him. Whereas what he said was true, but he makes it a fight. So now that becomes a problem. That is why people sometimes 
are unable to give the advice. They ask for a reference, they say, I don't know. Why they don't know? So I don't know what will happen afterwards. If I tell you what's the correct thing, I don't know what will happen thereafter. Because you will go and then refer it back to me, and then I will have to be now in a story with somebody else. So therefore the person doesn't even say anything. So if a person cannot say what is the correct thing, the mother keep quiet, say, look, I, I don't know anything. Oh, I can't say anything. But we cannot say the wrong thing. So if a person cannot say something, don't say anything. You cannot say the wrong thing. That's a manat. So this is the second application of this Hadith Sharia. The third application, a mu'min is not a mu'min in reality, fully, truly, his quality of Iman is not full until he has the heart to be happy for every mu'min, for what that mu'min may have, what Allah may have blessed him with. Just as he doesn't like somebody else to be feeling jealous over something he may have, so now he saw some ni'mat and bounty Allah has blessed somebody, he must feel happy for that mu'min. He must feel in his heart the happiness for his fellow Muslim. If he is feeling negative about it, how come this came away for this person? And how come this person went here and there? And whatever else, whether it's a ni'mat of deen and whether it's a ni'mat of dunya. But somebody has been blessed with some halal ni'mat to feel happy for him. That's a dictate of iman. And if that is not the case, person is feeling the opposite, feeling negative. He's actually wishing something must happen to this, he must get destroyed. Something must happen to this person, he must get destroyed or he must fall sick or whatever. This is a sign of the Iman being in a critical state. Because he's supposed to be a well-wisher. This is the dictate of this. This is the, the lesson of Ukhuvat, of brotherhood. That he's a well-wisher of every mu'min. Now he's actually wishing the opposite. So this ibadat of Hajj is a very very great ibadat. It's an ibadat that every mu'min's heart must be attached to it. One simple way of this attachment is daily making dua for the hujjaj. Also learning these lessons of Hajj, this very very great lesson. The lesson of this brotherhood, this ukhuwa, loving for everybody what we love for ourselves in terms of treatment, in terms of Whatever we see, some na'mat somebody blessed with, we truly feel happiness for that person's na'mat. Make dua for him. Feel that well-wishing for every mu'min. This is what's going to complete our iman. Meaning together with all the other things, this is an extremely important aspect in the heart of a mu'min that completes his iman. Otherwise, that iman is extremely deficient. Allah wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we make our heart such. That our hearts become hearts filled with mahabba, with love for every mu'min. True, sincere love for the sake of Allah Ta'ala alone. And our hearts become clean of all these issues that lurk in our hearts, whether it's jealousy, malice, whether it is looking down upon anybody, all these things that lurk in the heart which are severe maladies, they are cancers. Allah Ta'ala clean our hearts out of all this. Allah Ta'ala fill our hearts with this true spirit of iman. وآخر دعوانا عن الحمد لله رب العالمين
شاید درود شدی موسیقی اللہ 
وجعلنا من الراشدين الله العالمين يا الله اوس مسيف اوس غريشس مسكاي اوس لفين الله الله العالمين يا الله فوجيف اس يا الله فوجيف اول اوميجيت ماينس يا الله الله فوجيف ذا تاي امه اوف نبي كريم صلى الله عليه وسلم يا الله شو يو مغفره لامتي يا الله شو يو رحمه لامتي يا الله الله العالمين يا الله الله فلو حاسبت يو محبتي يا الله فلو حاسبت يو محبتي يا الله فلو حاسبت يو محبتي يا الله فلو حاسبت اللهم في امه اوف نبي كريم صلى الله عليه وسلم الله العالمين make us true well wishes for every mu'min ya Allah Allah العالمين يا الله make us true well wishes for the entire humanity ya Allah Allah العالمين يا الله let us wish ya Allah jannat for every single person ya Allah ya Allah through the gift of iman ya Allah Allah العالمين blow the winds of hidayah ya Allah ya Allah bless the hearts of the iman ya Allah Allah those who have iman ya Allah enhance their iman ya Allah Allah العالمين fill the hearts with such iman ya Allah Allah that you become pleased ya Allah Allah that iman that makes us perform our five times salah with jamaah ya Allah that iman that ya Allah keeps our gazes low ya Allah that iman that makes our hearts be all the time in your remembrance ya Allah that iman ya Allah that makes us ya Allah do that which you are pleased with ya Allah that iman that ya Allah drives us in the mubarak life of nabiy kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam and makes us adopt his mubarak sunnah ya Allah billahi alamin ya Allah bless us with that kind of iman ya Allah that will keep us away from every sin ya Allah that will keep us doing everything that you are pleased with ya Allah billahi alamin ya Allah ala you fill our hearts with the sweetness of iman ya Allah with the sweetness and halawat of iman ya Allah billahi alamin ya Allah ala accept the hajj hajj of the hujjaj ya Allah all those who have already left ya Allah those who are going ya Allah make their hajj easy for them ya Allah billahi alamin enable enable it to be performed ya Allah with complete afiyat ya Allah grabek it maqbool and mabrur ya Allah billahi alamin ya Allah fill the hearts with barakat and hidayat ya Allah Allahu alamin bring every haji back to his home with afiyat ya Allah Allahu alamin ya Allah in a way that they are completely forgiven ya Allah every sin has been forgiven ya Allah Allahu alamin enable us to live the spirit of haji ya Allah enable us to live all the lessons of haji ya Allah bless us with the ukhuwah of islam ya Allah the reality of the ukhuwah and mahabbah ya Allah Allahu alamin ya Allah all those who are sick in the shifaa kamila ajila mustamirra daima Allah remove every trace of the ailments ya Allah Allahu alamin ya Allah those any kind of difficulty and hardship removed with afiyat ya allah billahul alamin those are financial problems removed with afiyat ya allah allah grant abundant barakat in each one's risk ya allah grant halal and tayyib risk filled with barakat ya allah illahul alamin save us from ever spreading our hands out in anyone front of anyone but you ya allah billahul alamin ya allah never make us muhtaj of anyone but you ya allah illahul alamin ya allah Ya Allah, let us be forever only in need of you, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, we need you at every breath of our life, Ya Allah. Allah, without your help, you can do nothing, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah, you guide us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you protect us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you grant us the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you keep us steadfast in deen, Ya Allah. Grant us istiqamat on iman, Ya Allah. Istiqamat on Islam, Ya Allah. Istiqamat on deen, Ya Allah. Ilahu l'alamin, save us from deviation, Ya Allah. Save us from all the isms, Ya Allah. Save us from the traps of nafs and shaitan, Ya Allah. Allahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. Allah bless each one with istiqamat on iman, Ya Allah. Allah take each one with iman, Ya Allah. Take each one of us on the day of qiyamah with perfect iman, Ya Allah. Allahu l'alamin, Ya Allah. 
Save us from the haram income, Ya Allah. Save us from the haram actions, Ya Allah. Save us from the haram thoughts, Ya Allah. Save us from the haram things that lurk in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Allah, you enable us to live a life that you have such a life, Ya Allah, that you become happy with us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, that the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Nabi Kareem, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is happy with us, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, you bless us with all that we have asked for, Ya Allah. But we should have been asking for it, did not ask, Ya Allah. Grant us that as well, Ya Allah. اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله